Hello and welcome to a special episode of the 3 and D podcast. It is All-Star Weekend and I'm your usual host, Anthony, and today we got a pretty good episode for you today. We're going to be talking about what teams I think will break 60 wins. We'll talk a little bit of Raptors as the best team in the Eastern Conference. And we'll talk about the Anthony Davis shoulder injury. Let's get to it. So, currently... It is Monday, February 18, and there are only a few teams that have surpassed 40 wins. In fact, three teams. Warriors with 41 wins at 41 and 16, Bucks at 43 and 14, and the Raptors at 43 and 16. So given these three teams, they are probably the only potential teams to break 60 wins, given that there's only so many games left in the season, because... At 82 games, we've already played around high 50s, so there's only low 20 number of games, which means for a Pacers team or a Celtics team or Thunder to even break 60, they'd have to basically go undefeated, and that's not realistic for any of those teams. The only team that could maybe do it is the Celtics. If they went, um, doing the math here, 21-1 over their last little while, or 23-1 over their last 24 games. If they went 23-1, they could break 60. But let's stick to realistic teams. The Bucks at 43-14, and 14, they only they can afford 8 losses, so they can go 17-8. and eight. The Bucks will break 60 wins this year. No doubt in my mind. It'll be maybe 62, 62 wins probably. The Raptors, they need to go 17-6. and six. The Raptors will also break 60 wins. There's no doubt in my mind that these two teams are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. And the way these systems run, it's sort of a next man up system. So when you lose a guy, these teams are able to bounce back and win games with injury. The Bucks in that Giannis system are crazy. If they lose Giannis, they're screwed. If not, they're breaking 60. As for the Raptors, they will also break 60 in my opinion. 7-3 7-3 and three in their last 10. They've won 6 straight. they got some tough games, though. But I think that they can surpass 60 as well. And then the Warriors. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've lost their last... They lost one game recently. They've been insane, though. And for them to win 60, they got to go 19-6. and 19-6. I think they can do it. 19-6 and six is doable for the, for the Warriors. They're going to break 60 as well. Especially with Boogie Cousins back in the lineup. They've been more energized since he came back. There's no doubt in my mind that these three teams will all surpass 60, which will be crazy. Because I don't think a lot of teams every year ever really break 60. It really takes a strong team to break 60 wins. And let's move on to the Anthony Davis topic. So... He went out with a shoulder injury for the rest of the season. And you think this is bad for the Pelicans, but I'm actually going to take an opposite approach and look at it from the organization's standpoint in terms of rebuilding. You think it's bad because it brings down his value. And though that may be true, a shoulder injury isn't... It's not like an ACL injury. It's not like an Achilles injury. It's not, in, it's not career-threatening. I know, tell that to Markel Fultz, but <laughs> honestly, it's not career-threatening. He'll be fine. And for the team, they can keep him out. 
now. They won't get fined because he's injured, right? So they can potentially keep him out the rest of the season, which is awesome for them. They can tank, go for a top five pick, and then trade Anthony Davis for assets as well and set up themselves up for the future. And honestly, it's a win-win. It, it's a win for the Pelicans, in my opinion. I think a lot of people would see this and instantly think, oh, the Pelicans just screwed up not trading for, not making that huge trade at the deadline with the Lakers. I actually think the opposite. I think shoulder injury gives them the potential to hold off on trading him. I know they're going to hold off anyway, but it gives them the potential to hold him out of the lineup, I should say. And by holding him out, you can tank, you can get a better draft pick, you can keep him out of the lineup, keep him healthy, ensure that he's healthy, and you won't get fined. They will not get fined until Anthony Davis starts complaining about not playing. He could be out for a few weeks. That's a, that's the rest of the season. There's not a lot left. If he's out for a month, there's not a lot of games left. There's max like two months left in the season, and he'll be back. So... For the Pelicans, this injury is actually a blessing in disguise because Anthony Davis could have got a worse injury, could have played longer, wouldn't have been tanking, they would have won more games, could have risked getting a better pick. When all the talent is collected in the first few picks in this draft anyway, especially with Zion Williamson and RJ Bear, these are some potentially transcendent players, as well as Cam Reddish, Bull Bull, you know the picks. But after that, it gets dicey. So... Ideally, they want a top five pick, and this Anthony Davis trade, this Anthony Davis injury, propels them towards a top five pick. Now, moving on, the last topic I want to talk about today is the beast in the East, or the Toronto Raptors, and why I think they are the best team in the East, and why they're going to the finals. Given their their depth, their offensive capabilities with Kawhi Leonard and Mark Gasol. And those two two-way players give it all on defense too. There are a lot of skills that this team has that other teams do not have. They will have come down to the Eastern Conference Finals or second round. Out of the four teams I think are going to make it from the Celtics, Sixers, Raptors, Bucks. The Celtics and the Raptors are the top two defensive teams. And the Raptors and Bucks are the top two offensive teams. And given that, the Raptors are in it on both ends of the floor. I know the Bucks have been really good this season from on defense too because they're really long. But I still think, given Marcus Gasol, the Raptors are pushed ahead of them. And it's not even a question in my mind that they're a better defensive team. As well, we have the best player on any teams. Actually, that's not true. With Giannis and Embiid and Kyrie, they all have superstars. Every team has a superstar. So... I shouldn't be saying that. I should say we have the best player, a player that can do it all. The best the best wing that can shoot threes, which Giannis doesn't do. Defend, like Kyrie can't do. I mean, Kyrie's a decent defender, but compared to Kawhi, Kawhi's an all-defense type player. And then Kawhi will rebound for you. He'll do things that Embiid can also not do in terms of guarding their team's best player, the wing, the best wing player. So I'm going to just give a quick rundown of who I think is the best, and I'm going to rank the teams in the following way. The Raptors are the best team in the East, followed by the Bucks, followed by the Celtics, and then lastly the Sixers. 
The Sixers acquiring Tobias Harris made me really think about these rankings, but at the end of the day, the Celtics just have the Sixers number. And we've seen this over and over again in the playoffs this season as well as in the regular season. Every time they play each other, the the Sixers can't close games. They have bad spacing because of Embiid, because of Jimmy Butler, and also because of Ben Simmons, of course. Their spacing is off. And so when you look at the spacing on this team with Simmons and B. Butler, spacing is not good. And this is a big this is a big problem in the playoffs because people will lay off M, uh, Simmons and that can lead to traps on Embiid in the post. That can lead to double teams. And that's just something that you can't afford to have. You need to have spacing. That's just the common functionality in the NBA. Every team is looking for three-point shooters and defense. And that's what you need in the NBA today. You need perimeter defenders and perimeter scorers to win a championship. The team that's won the championship the last, doesn't matter how many years you look at it, until once the NBA changed, you got the Warriors, you got the Cavs, you got the Heat, you got the Spurs. These teams could all shoot threes and could space the floor. Uh, Let's think more recently. The Warriors have the best spacing in the NBA has ever seen with Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson. We know how they go. They have amazing spacing. You can afford to have one guy that can't shoot. Three's like you can afford to have just Ben Simmons, but Embiid and um, Embiid and Jimmy Butler, they are not the greatest shooters either. And resultantly, you're going to see that teams are going to be trapping Embiid and they're going to take the three and let them shoot threes besides Tobias Harris and J.J. Redick. They're going to let the rest of the starters shoot their shot because... Because statistically and analytically, it's the right thing to do. And whether they make or miss it, the majority of the time over a series, it's going to come down to they're going to miss it more often than not. And as a result, the team, like the Sixers, will struggle against the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks. They'll struggle against all three of these teams. And so we will see that the best team will prevail, of course, this season. But I think that the Raptors are the best team. The Bucks, I could see the Bucks beating the Raptors as well. I could see them. I could see Giannis taking them a game. Lopez can give them a game too because of his shooting. Anytime we play them, Lopez just kills us with threes. And then also, they also got Ilya Sova, who's a good three-point shooter. A really good three-point shooter. And man, this team is going to be a tough out. Especially with their system, just shooting threes and good defense, long athletic team. It's going to be a tough out for them. They've only lost 14 games this season. They have the best record in the entire NBA. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They have not slowed down over the season. They've been so consistent, and that's so impressive. And as a result of this, I think I could see the Bucks being the Raptors, but in my opinion, as a biased Raptors fan, <laughs> Raptors are the best team in the East. No doubt, especially in a playoff series. Let's say the Raptors hit the Western, hit the Eastern Conference Finals and they're playing the Bucks. Kawhi can definitely give you a game or two. Gasol will win you a game. Siakam will win you a game. And Lowry will have to just be consistent throughout the entire series. And that's the big question about this team is, can Kyle Lowry, our all-star pointing guard, who's had troubles in the past, push get over the hump, be confident with his game, an average nine assists a game, 
10, 11 points, shooting 40% from three. That's all we need, 38 to 40% from three. He just has to be consistent. He has to hit his shot. He has to take it with conviction. And I think that if he plays well, then there's no doubt. It's undeniable that the Raptors are the best team and they will win. That's the only question mark I have going into the playoffs. Because this second half of the season, is it's going to be a rough run for every team. It's going to be where fatigue starts to set in, where maybe some injuries come in. And over the next few months, we might see big-time changes in who we think is going to be the best team. If, say, Kawhi gets injured, knock on wood, and B gets injured, Giannis gets injured, knock on wood for all of them, of course. But if any of these guys get injured, especially Giannis or Kawhi or Embiid, like that team instantly plummets, and it'll be tougher for them to win. And so we got to wait till the end of the season to figure this out. But I think looking at the way it's scheduled out, Raptors, best team in the East. You got your starting lineup of Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi, Siakam, Gasol, slash Ibaka, depending on what team you're playing. And this versatile lineup can shoot threes. They can defend. They can block shots. They are a great team. And I know for a fact that they will be a tough out no matter what team plays them. 43-16 and 16 on the season. 7-3 and three in the last 10. They've won 6 straight, though. Awesome. They've been playing awesome. So I think that's everything I wanted to hit on this episode. It's a bit of a quick episode. I will make sure to hit you next weekend with a better, longer episode. If you're following Raptors community and this is how you got here, just leave a like on the post that I put out. Maybe a comment on if you like the podcast, what you want to hear in the future. Let me know in the following weeks as content maybe starts dying down. Let me know things you want me to talk about. Anything. Top 10 players in the NBA. It doesn't matter. MVP candidates. Which, if I were to pick MVP right now, I'd pick Harden. Just based on the run he's having. Even though his team is 5th in the West at 33-24. and 24, They're 6-4 and four in the last 10. Harden's just been doing something that no other, te- no other player I've ever seen has done. Like, 36 points per game is crazy. It's insane. I don't know how he's doing it. I wanted to say, I want to say, though, from a fan perspective, I want Harden to win because he's just been an anomaly to watch. But realistically, Giannis is the MVP right now as his team is 43-14, and top team in the NBA. And if they finish as the top team in the NBA, there's no way he's not going to win the MVP. So thank you so much for listening, guys. I appreciate every listen. Please share this podcast with people you know, people who like NBA content, who like the Raptors, tell them to follow my page, Raptors underscore community on Instagram. I make sure to post at least once a day. During games, it's usually three times a day. And off days, I try and post one to two, ideally. But I'm always hitting you with one post a day. Even now, when there's no game till Friday, the Raptors play the Spurs. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be an awesome game. Make sure to tune into that game. That's going to be a good one to watch. As we're going to see DeRozan versus Kawhi for the second time and the second and only time this season. It's going to be the last time. It'll be a good game. The Raptors have a tough schedule. They just got to pull out some wins. And I think that's everything. I'll just hit one more quick topic about the Lakers. Given that they're 3 and 7 in their last 10, they're 28 and 29, 10th seed, only a couple games back out of the playoffs though. 28, they're about two games back of the Clippers and the Kings, three games back of the Clippers, two games back of the Kings. They're making the playoffs, guys. I'm going to be honest, the Kings don't scare me as a Lakers fan if I was one. And the Clippers are on the down low in terms of 
They traded Tobias Harris. They're tanking. The Spurs, Jazz, Rockets, Blazers, Thunder, Nuggets, Warriors will all be in the playoffs. The open two are... There's actually only one open spot, and it's going to be the Lakers. And if you don't think so, I'd be willing to bet that they take over the Kings, they take over the Clippers, Timberwolves, whoever else you think is a threat, they're taking them over. They're going to be in the playoffs. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Once again, I'll be posting next week. Take it easy.